I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're here. Jennifer's here. <laughs> That's my Jennifer song. Uh, thank you for the serenade. Okay. I have to say off the bat, I'm jealous of your shirt. You know, I like a good gingham. <laughs> me too. Makes me happy. We got to take what we can get now. Yeah, totally. All right. It says it's recording. So I'm going to put on my little earphone. Things. You're like the most professional guest we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's terrifying. I'm so sorry. How is Canada? Because it sucks here. Well, feeling really lucky to be up here during the craziness. Yep. Yeah. Up here, it's much yep. better. Needless to say, I don't want to rub it in. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, I know you like our uh, television recommendations. Have you discovered that show Alone? Alone? Oh my God. It has like your name written all yeah, over it. Yeah, Kate and I were having this talk the other day and we were like, Jennifer should absolutely 100% be on the show alone because not only would you win, but you would win in mm-hmm. some sort of iconic way. Wait, a reality show about people who don't mind being alone? Is that exactly. what it is? Yeah, but they'll throw them in the middle of like Antarctica and be like, good luck. Or actually the season three that I'm watching there in Patagonia. Where you've vacationed. Yeah, I spent my 40th birthday there. Okay, so then you're perfect for that challenging landscape. But you're supposed, it sounds more like a survival show. It is, but it's legit. They get 10 people, okay? Each one is allowed to choose 10 items and then they get dumped in different parts of either the Arctic or in Northern Canada or in Patagonia, where the fuck ever. And they have to survive for as long as humanly possible. There's no time limit. So our question to you, because we know you have the built-in stuff. What built-in stuff? You know, the like... I think shelves when you say that. I think I go built in. (laughs) The strength and the... You know? You've got built in stuff. 
as you know, you go on these excursions by yourself into the snow with your two dogs, and then you'll call giggling later. You're like, oh my God, I lost my phone. <laughs> my backup <laughs> phone went dead. But you know what? I thought to myself, I'm okay. And I'm like, I'm thinking I would die just from the thought of dying. <laughs> and you're just like, no big deal. No, you just need to stay really, really calm because that's how people die when they get scared. Not that I haven't been scared, by the way, the other day, or not the other day, the other day. Let's talk about time. Time during this period is on its own strange trajectory. Like it feels like past, present, future have all been scrambled and they never really made sense anyway. So why did we construct it that way? But I'm was out on the trail and there was snow. There was a during the early, I guess, spring. So up here there was still a lot of snow and I went out with the wrong gear, thinking that I was just, oh, I'm just gonna go out for two hours, no big deal. And then, you know, four hours later and it's rainy. That's what I'm talking about. You know. No, I did I did get a little I had a moment of why didn't you pack the right thing? I, I did have that moment. But I think with the alone show, it sounds too much like a survival kind of show. Okay, I, we're not going to go through 10 items, but what would be your top five items that you would bring in order to survive any situation? I think it's really important to stay warm and to stay dry. That's I'm going to say, say that. Warm, dry, get some food, find fresh water. Yeah. I think the most important thing is the ability to keep your mind still more than anything like more than any physical object. And so I would make sure that I would bring things that would help me keep my mind quiet. So to make sure that in any circumstance, I was warm enough. So like a sleeping bag? Yeah, a sleeping bag would be good. Definitely the right gear is really important. Not long ago, I was on a kayaking camping trip. I, I realized like staying warm and dry, that was really, really important because... I wasn't really doing that. <laughs> I was cold and wet a lot of the time. But I did inadvertently end up snorkeling with a humpback whale, so that was good. But I would fail in that show. That's just as the fact. If it were, you know, the meditating in a cave show, I might stand a chance, but not, you know, no. I'm not I'm not much of a survivalist, I fear. I hope you would bring a fire starter and not rely on a bow drill. Well, obviously. Well, some people rely on a bow drill and then they're like, oh shit, I can't make a fire. I don't know what a bow drill is. A bow drill is that thing where you rub the stick and the string together to really? friction. And for, you make it smoke and then, yeah. And you make an ember and then that ember. But these people are like, I just bought the bow drill and they're fucked because they can't start a fire. Yeah. Okay, so you'd have the right gear. A fire starter. When I was a girl, I went to this camp in Colorado called Chile where we would go on horse packs into the mountains for like four or five days. And you had the ability to to like win different patches. Like you could win your horse packing patch or you could win your hiking patch. And one of the things I had to do was I had to make a fire with one match. And going up the mountain, if you can imagine like you're in a line of different campers everybody's on their own horse and you're you're going up the mountain and there are pack horses carrying you know some of the materials that you need and I was backing up the pack horse like making sure that she would you know cross the stream and this pack horse went to go kick my horse in the head and I remember just seeing it almost like in slow motion and I moved my horse's head her name was Irene and the the pack horse kicked me in the shin I could feel the blood going down into my boot you know, Ooh. and I could feel myself 
getting a little dizzy, but I made it to camp. I didn't tell any of the counselors or anything right away. I got to camp and I couldn't really walk and I took the boot off and you could see the bone sticking out of the shin. What? It was a little crazy. <gasps> Your shin bone? Yes. You had a compound fracture. I guess. I don't I don't know. All I could think of is I need to make this fire with the one match. And they're 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 saying, No, we have to send you down the mountain, you gotta go to the hospital. I go, No, no, no. I have to I have to make I have to make this fire. Like this I only have like this trip to get this. I down. want my patch. I want my patch. <laughs> I really wanted the patch. And so they they let me make the fire. And so I, I did it and I still have a wicked scar there on my left leg. Oh my god. Oh my god. Were you in a cast? Uh no, they didn't put me in a cast, but I had to lie down with my foot up and which was really not my thing and, and do like riflery instead of you know hiking which would also come in handy out in the wilderness well we watched alone and we thought of you because if there's anyone we know that could survive it would be you like i would tap out no i don't i wouldn't want to do a survivalist show i'd like to do a meditation show that would be fun and really scintillating for the audience (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea what i would take i mean the first thing i think of is my mala which is not going to keep me warm may keep me happy and it's not going to feed me i might be relaxed (laughs) and then quickly dead in the cave you know it's interesting because a lot of the contestants on alone are canadian know who would survive it pam greer oh yeah that's a good one pam greer yeah that's right i'd want to be on her wagon i think pam used to bring her horses to canada or a few of them Uh didn't she yeah there was the stables remember like there was the the baby shower was at the stables that's what it was to ride there with her trainer sometimes that's when i started learning how to jump like when i was like 40 because my mom wouldn't let me wow i wish i spent more time with pam's horses in vancouver i forgot that she would always transport them yeah she had a great life she had a really good good life seriously she's really figured it out she's got the the right idea about all of it yeah Agreed. Can I talk Agreed. to you guys about the show that I really want you guys to do? What? Yeah. First of all, what I would like to see is where you guys build things together. Particularly like what I would want to watch and what I need to learn is how you refurbish the trailer. It should have been filmed because it, it wasn't easy. Like if I bought one, would you would you do it and you can film it or whatever? Because I've been thinking about it so much. Like for the longest time I've wanted like an Airstream or something. And I know, you know, just to go live that life. I should have just given you the one I did. I don't know if I could ever do it again because it was one of the hardest things. Was it? Ever. Oh, so hard. Well, let us know if you find one. Did you see the video where we were dismantling Leisha's bar and she was practically sawing her thigh off with a skill saw? It was really a camera angle problem because everyone thinks I was sawing my legs off, but it was no <laughs> It does look like it, though. It does look so, like it. I was using a two-by-four with Birkenstocks, so, you know, I was just as thoughtless. Another thing that we wanted to talk to you about was where did you develop your skill for falling asleep anywhere? <laughs> because it is a gift. Just to let people know, we share an office in the production office. We'll all be in there at the same time a lot. And we all have dogs. So there'll be like dogs running everywhere. We'll order lunch. And lunch is coming in. And it's between shots. And everyone's like, yeah, and this and that and this and that. And then you look over and Jennifer's all, um... She's like fully asleep on the couch. Like, I don't understand how you just are like out. But you were just awake like a minute earlier and then you're like fully in REM. 
<laughs> oh my god, you guys. Do you do that a lot in life around a lot of places? I don't. Well, there's not the need to do it a lot in life, you know, especially now. You can just go take a nap if you need a nap. But I really feel like sometimes I just need to recharge my batteries. And I, all I need is seven minutes. Like, give me seven minutes and I can fall asleep and just get a little bit of a recharge. But I think it probably comes from being the middle child and being on, um, oh. on cross-country trips and being in the center seat, oh. you know. I, yep. I have to block out everything. You develop, like, a superpower of blocking out sound and any kind of nonsense going on around you. Because I remember even as a kid in high school, like, there would be parties and they'd be blaring Led Zeppelin from some speaker. And, and sometimes I just needed a break from all the people in a way. And I would just lay down sometimes right next to the speaker and I would just fall asleep. And people told me that sometimes they would just step over me. <laughs> they would step over me and I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. It was like training. It's your superpower. Yeah, maybe. That's a good one to have, to be able to fall asleep. <laughs> and the other thing that I'm very jealous of is your sensitivity to caffeine. Because you can drink a cup of coffee. For us, it's like, oh, it's a coffee. And for you, it's like if someone did like a whole bag of cocaine and they're just like <laughs> ready to go. shows where, where the crew is like oh my god jennifer's having a cup of coffee this is going to be highly entertaining oh yeah you're just like fully in columbia like yeah and then i like and i'm like wow let's shoot this 13 different ways here's my idea and it's like one espresso oh my god you guys it's like you even announce it on set you're like i just want everyone to know i've had a cup of coffee and it's like the crew just steps back five feet you're like all right you're ready <laughs> Crazy wanted me to have the coffee just to be entertained because you never know what I'm going to say. Like after I've had the coffee, it's like I'm really jealous of these guys. Like tripping is really fun. (laughs) I know. Like, well, I need like eight cups to feel a little bit close to what you're feeling. So, what is that thing for you? Like, what what plugs you in like that? I don't know if I have that anymore. What brings me to that level? What would it be? Big bag of cocaine. (laughs) No, maybe a couple of like margaritas. I think that would get me there. Okay. The, the combo of the sugar <laughs> like and the Like the alcohol. sugar and the, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to experiment at some point. Oh, I know what I like. Those guru drinks. Did you ever see those? They're, you can get them at Whole Foods. They're energy drinks. If I have one of those, I'm flying. So what do you do? What do you like? That's what I do. Like if I need a boost, I'll drink a guru drink. Right. But do you start talking more quickly? Do you have more ideas? Oh. Like what is the experience? Physically, I'm more alert and ready to go on whatever thing I'm going to do. So I'll drink one of those maybe before a boxing class if I'm feeling sluggish and that and I know that that hour is going to be focused. Oh, I used to do those little yerba mate shots before I'd play on tour. Mm-hmm. We'd get them backstage and then everyone would do the yerba mate shot and, to get through the hour. Because, you know, you get on stage at like 11. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I'd be sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you do the yerba mate or the guru, like, do you have all of a sudden all of these different kind of ideas that come into your mind? Or no, it's just a pep. No, it's it's empty as always. Yep, <laughs> I'm just it just helps put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> There's nothing there. Maybe a little faster. Maybe a little faster. 
Because <laughs> sometimes after I've had the I'm coffee, I start to have two different, like very disparate ideas that I figure out like how they're connected. I wish I had that magic potion. And I wish I had the ability to take a nap anytime I needed one. You're a nap. You can I, nap. I don't nap often. It's not easy for me. The brain just doesn't stop. Yeah. Meditation's already I know. always really I, good. I don't know if I have the patience for that even. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laughing like, don't go there. So I know so many people love it and I just, I can't find my way there. But who knows? I have a long life ahead of me, hopefully. Let's talk about a couple of things on the L Word just for, for fun. Did you know that Bet and Tina were going to be such an iconic couple when you guys were first filming it? No, I never thought that way. Like, I don't think that way. Like, I just think of the really the one foot in front of the other and and then what happens, happens. I mean, you guys know, like, I don't even watch stuff that I'm in, by and large. So. I don't even think you watch the L Word. <laughs> <laughs> I watched in the beginning. Like, I remember when we first started that first season, Eileen made me like I went over to her house and she made me watch the first four episodes maybe even more because she knew that I didn't watch myself and she said you really you really I really really want you to see this I know because she was really proud of it I think for me I really wanted to do it even though it was sort of begrudgingly because I can't watch myself because I wanted to understand what I would be promoting you know when I went out to do PR because there's the script and then there's your idea of the show but then once it gets filmed and once it gets cut, it sometimes can morph into something else. And I remember watching the first, you know, however many episodes that was and leaving her house and seeing heterosexual couples. And I thought, God, that's so weird. Like, <laughs> it had completely shifted my perspective. And I was really excited about that idea that, that it could do that for other people who really needed that shift. Specifically, though, like, when you first started doing scenes with Laurel, were you like, we have, we have something magical here. We have something that people are going to be able to sink into, a relationship. It's one of the couples that, have, that will outlast the show, I think. It's this staple couple. I, don't, I didn't yeah. think of that at all. Like I, I thought I'm really lucky to have a scene partner that I connect with and that I trust. But in order to do what you're talking about would require me to be both present and outside of myself and outside of the experience. And when I'm doing it, I really just try to be there. I'd given myself the, the luxury of voicing to Eileen my hope for the show, that it would reach somebody in the middle, some young girl in the middle of nowhere who had no access to her community and that she would see the L word and and see herself represented in some way, however imperfect, and, and that she would know that she had connection. Right, exactly, because we really need it, that's for sure. We're starved, starved for content always. But even today, like with the show on the air again, there are so many Tibet fans. I think, that's, I think you pronounce it Tibet. Okay, so for the Tibet fans, <laughs> this is really for them. Do you understand their their need inside to have closure with Bet and Tina. Do you take responsibility in any way? Like, I feel responsible for telling the story of Alice's grief over Dana. Right. It's something that I still feel like needs to be told. Mm -hmm. And I'll do whatever I can to tell that story before we end the show. Like, do you have some sort of... Yes. I, if I could, I would do the same thing with Carmen, just to give people a little bit of closure. We can close that chapter for good and move on, because people commit 
to certain relationships that they just can't get enough of. Right, right. And and there's some truth in there that, that people connect to. And I think for me, I for Bat, Tina is the love of her life, period. Like no matter who else comes along, Tina will be the love of her life. And there will always be a wondering how, if, when she could, they could be together again. And, and that doesn't mean that she won't meet, you know, other people that are really interesting or that are really beautiful or, or sensual, but they will never mean what Tina meant to her. And as long as the two of them are alive, there is a possibility. I think that's how Bet thinks. I love that. That's a great answer. Did you think that starting off last year, was that in your brain or did that, is that something you realized as we were filming that past season? Oh, no, I've known that always. Teen is the whole package for Bet, and I think Bet realizes mm. all of the mistakes that she made and how she blew it and really would like to take that back somehow. Do you think, do you think it's because you, you two share a child together or do you think, like, what if you met this fantastic woman, right? Or Bet did, sorry. If Bet met the most fantastic woman that as a partner would even surpass what you and Tina had together. Do you, do you think that's, it's much like how we've all had relationships and you think it's the one and then it's not the one and then you meet a, someone else and, and now they're a, a distant memory. Like, do you think someone could replace that feeling or you're like, no, no matter how fantastic the partner would be, that's Tina's it. Well, I think, you know, Beck could maybe come to terms with the fact that, she wasn't going to be with Tina anymore, at least outwardly facing. And certainly, and hopefully, she'll meet really wonderful people that excite her on many, many different levels. But there's something about that early relationship. There's something about that early relationship that spans for that amount of time and where you've both decided to have a child. I mean, going back to the notion of time, like I think that time is in reality this complex series of events that we project our ideas of past, present, and future onto. So it's like a it's like a layer cake, and in any bite, you're getting all different things at the same time. And I think that being with Tina is being able to experience past, present, and future simultaneously. And so there mm-hmm. is like this incredible promise of of growth and expansion in all these different ways. And I think that Bet just kicks herself over and over and over again for, you know, fucking that up. Pardon my French. That's what I love about Bet. I know, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was curious, back when back in Vancouver when we were doing the show, you and Laurel had storylines with with real significant consequence and a lot of history. And then you had People like Leisha and Aaron and myself, the three idiots. Did you? Was there ever a time that we drove you crazy? <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Because we laugh about that. Well, we just look back. We just think, God, you know, we pretty much were the Greek chorus for the first year or two where we would sit in the coffee shop and, you know, give our opinions and say, you know, million dollar phrases and, you know, have, a, have lots of thoughts on things. But none of it was really ever based in serious consequence that happened later on we were just like the sidekicks and i was curious you were the cool 
girls. That's what you guys. Yeah, I was, the- I was the cool sidekick. So I think our approach to the work was maybe different because the scenes we had, they were just like fun bantery scenes. And so that's kind of how we came into work every day. And that's why I'm wondering if you ever just thought we were complete fucking idiots. <laughs> 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 Jennifer would never answer that. She yes, she would. Oh Can you imagine her just going, "Yeah, actually, yeah." <laughs> it's like what sixteen, seventeen years later. Who cares? Fucking idiots! Oh Every God, time you guys. came in the room, I was like, "Fucking idiots!" If someone said, "Did I drive you nuts?" and they drove me nuts, I'd be like, "You know what? You kind of drove me nuts a little bit, but I love you anyway. It's okay. Who cares?" <laughs> oh, I miss you. I really, really miss you. You never drove me nuts ever. But what I have to say that I'm really grateful for is that you know, you and I, Kate, at least got to do more scenes together oh my god seriously because we never got to work together and i'm, yeah. I'm hoping Leash, that you we can next season we can have more scenes together wouldn't that be nice i miss you i know we got to have a little fight you know what i want like i just want us three to have a scene where we're just being goofy and fucking fun because i know right my favorite ideas was the burning man idea but i'm still gonna hold out hope that they'll do something like that Yeah, I think that would be really funny and fun. When you were young, did you know that you wanted to be an actress? And if not, what kind of jobs did you have before you fell into this industry? My first thing that I remember, like my earliest memory of, you know, like career goals was wanting to be a dishwasher. Because I remember the first (laughs) time, like when I was five or something, and my mom, you know, let me um, help wash the dishes. And I had my hands in the water and I was had responsibility. I was like, this is amazing. There, is there a job that somebody can do? That can do? <laughs> and then the next thing was I wanted to be a jockey. A horse jockey? Wow. Horse jockey. Then I got to be too tall. That shin injury might have impeded that that dream as well. Oh, that's true. I wasn't yeah. afraid of horses, though. Even though I got kicked, I just didn't. I mean, I wasn't afraid of them. Like, like I would still go exercise polo ponies and do stuff and Right. Did you ever work in retail or like as a waitress? Oh, but I did work in, oh my gosh, I worked at Baskin Robbins and Bressler's like at the same time. You sco- Did you eat all the ice cream? Oh my God, it was so depressing. I, I would work during the winter time. At an ice cream shop? At an ice cream shop in Chicago. Yeah, that's, that's boring. boring. Thank, you. Thank you. And so there was <laughs> hardly anybody would come in except for, you know, drug dealers or people who were really stoned and there was there just wasn't really anything to do and I remember going downstairs into the little basement area the storage area where they kept all the ice cream just opening up this like two gallon or however many gallon thing of peanut butter and and vanilla and just just eating it eating it eating it Did you really? Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel for the person who opened it and was like, what the hell's been going on here? Yeah. And I remember when I applied, because I lied about my age, I was 14. And she said, oh, you're so, you're so mature for 18. And Sucka, like, I'm going to come eat your peanut butter ice cream. <laughs> I can relate to your dishwashing because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doorman. <laughs> I wanted to open the doors for people and I wanted to take them up in the elevator. Oh, yes. The elevator. And I thought that was the coolest job. And I was I was thinking that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I even said that out loud for many, many years. And I thought there's nothing wrong with being a doorman. And my parents were like, nope, you could totally be a doorman if that's what you want to do. Did you have a job, Kate? Like a teenager job? Yeah, I worked at, at a pizza stand in the Jersey Shore. I think it was in Ocean City, New Jersey when I was like 17. And I... Did it with a friend of mine, and my friend got fired for mouthing off to the boss. But the boss was an asshole. He was like a real chauvinistic dick. My friend called and said, yeah, I just got, I just got canned. 
And I thought, well, I don't want to work at this pizza joint without my friend with this idiot boss. And like, no, so I quit. He's a real me too kind of guy, if you know what I'm saying. Like he was that kind of guy. He sounds wonderful. He was. I don't, he was wonderful. I worked at a movie theater for years and it was an awesome job to have as a teenager. You worked at a movie theater? Yeah, I worked at the concession (gasps) stand. I had like unlimited amounts of cherry Coke and popcorn. I worked with all of my friends and we could see movies whenever we wanted to on our days off. We could just go from movie to movie so we got to see free movies. We would bag the popcorn at the end of the night and either take some home or or put it in each other's cars. It was like a prank. So you'd like open your car door and it would be covered in like like a garbage bag full of popcorn. Is this where your obsession with popcorn came from? No, like you have a legitimate obsession with popcorn. I do and it, it... I wouldn't say it started there, but it my my dad taught me how to be obsessed with popcorn. He makes the best popcorn you've ever had. I told you the trick, the paper bag trick. You know what? I'll post a video on the pants Instagram of how to make popcorn. The Robert Haley way. You did the smoke popcorn too. Well, Jamie did okay. that. Well, it was good. Whoever did Once. it. Once. We could do that too, but just some straight up popcorn. There's nothing better. And I'll show you how to make it. Okay. I want to talk to you about your uniform. You had a uniform, right? I'm sure you did something to it. I just had to wear uh, baby blue button-ups, so whatever you had at home. It wasn't just, you You. You couldn't just wear a uniform. That's not going to happen. Oh, I did. <laughs> How did you make your special? Because I know you did. I don't remember if I, if I like, bedazzled it or anything. I probably, I probably Let did. Let me see. I'll just take the truck and run over it like five times. I think they made us keep it pretty plain. I think I remember giving you a few of my t-shirts to run over, like during the first or second season of the yeah. award. Yeah. Hey, I might have learned that from you. Run over clothes with your car. <laughs> I don't run over clothes. I run over shoes. Okay. Just to be just to be exact. I got a pair of Doc Martens. <laughs> when we were in Vancouver, I bought a pair. And I got into Shane's Jeep. Yeah. Right? And I had learned how to drive stick. And so I was backing over these brand new Doc Martin boots I bought in Shane's Jeep just to yeah. break them in. Because Doc's hurt when you first put them on. They kind of scuff your heel. And I just remember like going back and forth over them, over them, over them, over them. To break him in. That's my secret. Nice. Okay. You know, Maybe you could do an instructional video of that. Sure. Do you remember how we made that quilt for Laurel? And and Mia had her square it and she, she like did it with all like Sharpie or something. Yeah. I feel like the cast used to ha- like every year there was something we were making together as a cast. Like there was we, when we redecorated the craft service area. That was epic. <laughs> Nobody knows about that story. The craft service area. I think that was second season. It was sort of like our office because nobody had one. So it was like we always met the in the craft service room. It was this tiny room and it was a little bit just dank, you know, depressing little corner room and (laughs) Mia was like well I think it would be great if we built a wishing tree and we painted all the walls you know a rainbow color so we looked up all these do you remember why it was because second season was so strange like there was a really weird feeling and we were all feeling something odd and we couldn't figure it out and we're like I think it was me. It was like feng shui. Let's change the let's change the right. 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 So we spent a couple of Saturdays. No, we did it all in one day, and we painted the room in stripes. So we would have like a bold stripe of purple, then a bold stripe of blue, a bold stripe of yellow. To our credit, we really got those lines very straight mm-hmm. and clean. It was like a good tape job. We did a great tape job, and we did this on a week like a nursery when we were done. It did. It, it did. Was a, they were pastel colors and it was a fade. It was like a faded pastel rainbow that went to the floor. We were so proud of it. And then we made a wishing tree in the corner for the cast and crew 
where you would write something on a paper and then hang it on the tree, and it had hundreds of wishes on it. I love the wishing tree. I thought it was such a great idea. It looked like a nursery that would be in Moldovia. <laughs> and the crew was like, oh, yeah, eh? Oh, it's nice, eh? You know, I was like... <laughs> People actually did the wishing tree. I loved it. That was fun. But yeah, the quilt was another year. They took the wishing tree, they would write down the wishes, and they would get dumped in some sort of lockbox. Remember that? Because mm-hmm. we had little strips of paper with pencils, and they took the, the crew members took time to write out their wishes. And not just, you know, wishes like, hey, can we have more, you know, beef jerky? It's like wishes for the world. And... That's funny, Jennifer. I could really do with more boiled eggs. <laughs> Let me hang that on the tree. <laughs> I think I saw one wish one time that said, I wish this season would end sooner. <laughs> oh my god you guys all right let's talk one more bet question which is so kate and i share this in common that our favorite thing about bet is when she goes batshit crazy oh yeah (laughs) like that scene where you've got that's temper tantrums oh i love it you'll like have it tanked up on and you'll get out of a car you'll slam the door (laughs) like when you get those crazy like I live for it, and I can't wait for you to have another one. Do you think it's bubbling, and like we might see one next season? Well, I think it comes from. (laughs) I love you so much. Uh, I think those moments come out of uh, like really righteous anger, and and I don't think they're have usually they don't have anything to do with what's happening at that particular moment. Mm -hmm. It's like a build up of things that have happened, and it's so that that moment is a release for all those other moments. So one of my favorite ones is the guy with the car, like in the car. I was just going to say that. Love, love. I love it's that iconic. guy so much. And and that guy is a friend of Eileen's and he was so game for anything. And, and, but then again, you know, that's like a release thing with all the things that are happening with Tina and, but it has to be earned. You can't just go, okay, Beck gets angry. Like it's, it has to be, you have well, to build it. You have to build last it season, over, um, you know, episode you're, after episode. You're kind of due, if you want my personal opinion. You, you kind of went through the roller coaster of emotions last year. You, you, you've earned a flip out easily. Yeah, but I, I don't know that it, it, it has to be like, I think anyway, like there's a, a, a righteous element to it. And I think you pointed it out, Leisha. Like there's the, the, the thing about injustice that sets her off. I did say that. And, yeah. And so I think, you know, that has to be built in. It can't just be anger for anger. It can't be artificial. No. I remember that scene you did. You grab that. I've never seen it done in a better way where you grab that guy and you throw him against the car and you have your, I think you have your sunglasses on that had a red tint to it. What does he say? He says something really shitty to you. And you're like, you want to see what I can do? You want to see what I can do? And you're like throwing him up against the car. You'll be sorry. You'll be sorry or something. And I say, how do you know I'm not already? Oh, it's fucking brilliant. Anyway, it's iconic. It's iconic. He actually looked terrified. That was the other thing. I don't know if that man knew how deep you were going to get into that, but the guy looked terrified. Well, I remember, I remember asking him, I said, you know, is it okay if I grab you? Is it okay if I push you over on the car? Just so, I just wanted to set boundaries. So I wanted to set parameters. I didn't want to just throw him against the car and see what would happen. Sure, but you grabbed him and like threw him up against the car. That's what made it so great. (laughs) I don't think he was expecting it is what I'm saying. He was like, wow, this woman is strong because you were boom, right up against the side of the car. It was fun. Yeah, and let me be clear. When you have this moment again, don't do it to us. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I get it. I just want to watch it on TV. Or I want to be in the scene, just not have it directed towards me. All three of us had that thing towards some someone or something else. Like we all three had a shared goal, you know, that we're all trying to accomplish together. I think that's when it gets interesting too. Wait, say more about that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I think about the days when, when Bette was trying to get the show on and at the CAC and and there's a goal. And so if there was, and so there were, there's all these things that get in the way of that goal, like to put provocations on. Just, I think it would be fun. Like if the Bet and Shane and Alice had a share, had something that they shared that they were trying to get done or trying to help someone, whether it's Angie or oh, whatever. Like a Goonies project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Uh, I'm down. A caper. Oh yeah. Like when we stole the sign. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. And it's always to help one of us. Like there's someone we need to help out of the three of us. That's right. It's really challenging because this moment in time for so many people is really terrifying. And and I just think to myself that I have to use this time for whatever self-discovery I can muster. and, And I have to use this time to help other people. You know, there was the moments earlier on in in this experience which we call the great pause in my household where i like that i go out into the forest i hug a lot of trees for sure you're laughing but you know that i do i know that's why you're alone alone and i have my favorites too i do i have my favorites have you seen other people also hugging trees at the same time do you guys look at each other oh hey yeah no i'll be done in a minute Oh, you want this treat? Oh, yeah. Just give me a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had, that's a great one. I hugged that last week. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, you know we love you. And we know podcasts aren't your thing. But we appreciate you coming on and we really do. chatting with us. Because we miss you so much. It's like, it's weird. We spent so much time together. <sighs> we got to get back together. Yeah. The band has got to get back together. I know. I miss you guys. It's so strange not to see you all the time. We were inseparable from... February of 2019 to December of 2019 and then this shit happened and Jennifer it's like this is the longest it's been since I've seen you I know I know I know and I don't like it we were like the magic triangle I don't like it I really I really can't wait to see you in person and be allowed to hug you without killing you and vice versa (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too me too All right. We love you so much. I love you guys, too. Yes. Miss you. Stay safe up there. I think I said that five million times, but it's true. I do. I miss you. We'll see you soon. Okay. Pants. Pants. Thank you for listening to Pants Up Podcast, brought to you by Leisha Haley and Kate Manning. Listen Pants. and subscribe on Acast, wherever you get your podcast. If you want us to keep going, hit the subscribe button and follow us on Twitter. on iTunes. We'll read every single one of them. You can email us at pantspodcast at yahoo.com. We'll answer a few questions every week. Rachel Shirley is our editor and producer in the UK. Theme song by Carolina Parra. Graphics by Love Fox. Pants.